Hello and welcome to the Tuol City podcast. My name is Rain, and my name is Owen. And believe it or not, we both work for a company called Tuol. Before we go any further, what does Tuol mean? That is a question we get asked an awful lot, Owen. Tuol, Danish for two beers. Craft beer company started nine years ago by two guys called Tor Gunter and Tobias Jensen. They were actually students at what's called in Denmark a free gymnasium, um, so like a college. Uh, just before university, 16 to 19 years old. Very egalitarian in its approach, kind of hippy-dippy, um, where one day this school voted on whether to get a home-brewing kid or not. And not so surprisingly, all the students said yes. Uh, so cut to Tor and Tobias in the kitchen, uh, brewing up their very interesting-tasting beers at this point and being helped along by their physics teacher, uh, a guy called Mikkel Biasu. I've heard that name before. You might have. Would that be the same Mikkel as Mikeller? It is indeed Mikkel from Mikella. It's all connecting in this beautiful, holistic Danish picture. But if it's been going for nine years, why would we start a podcast now? Well, Tool have had a very eventful journey for nine years. Uh, gypsy brewing out of Tepruf in Belgium. But mm-hmm. now, to, as of 2019, Tool bought a facility, a 150,000 square meter facility. It is huge. Yeah, this place is massive. The special thing about this place is that it's not a 150,000 square meters dedicated to becoming a brewery. This place will be a city. It's going to have everything. It's going to be brewing, barrel aging, fermenting. There's going to be collaborations. It's an opportunity for so many craft industries to come together and work and collaborate and create. Yeah, expanding the definition of of craft beer. It's all a very connected industry. You know, the, the latest development in spirits might come from the way the farm, like the herb they're using was cultivated. The latest... Uh, beer was so good because a chef discovered a new way of approaching fermentation. It's all connected and this place is designed to celebrate that. And we're just at the beginning of this journey. There's new equipment there. Things are up and running, but we're we're really at the very start. It's a really exciting time. Rain and I really want to take this opportunity to not only document it for ourselves, because we feel this is an exciting time to be involved in this industry, let alone this company. But we wanted to show you from the inside, from the real side of things, the people involved, the creativity, difficulties, the successes, give you a real insight to what's actually happening here. And how are we going to do this, Owen? Well, Rain, the plan is to head out to Two Old City and talk to everybody involved. The brewers, the people distilling, the management, get to know the whole Two Old group. Yeah, exactly. We're going to get into the thick of it. Whether you've never had a beer before or you're an avid brewer, we're going to have something for everybody. Exactly. So, Rain, are you ready to rock? Are you ready to rage? But seriously, we should start. Yeah, we should really start by now. On the way to Tool City, located in the countryside of Svinninger in Denmark, there are no hills in sight. The land is flat and the sky is a wintry grey. When we get there at nine in the morning, the brewers have already been there for over two hours. The echo of the machines reverberates in the giant rooms. Steam crawls up to the ceiling, moving like a dragon above us. We run into one of the brewers, Justin, an Australian guy who joined the team back in 2019. He tells us what they've been up to so far that morning. These guys are transferring from the fermentation cellar through the French centrifuge, through the carb, into the tank. What beer is it? Is it all domination? We walk through the bottling plant, where rows of bottles are slowly moving along the conveyor belt, being filled with something hazy. But our journey today actually takes us over to the quieter side of the city. 
I think in these two rooms is, there should be space for uh, 500 odd. To the barrel project. We talked to a guy called Nathan Borg, a brewer here at the city and currently leading the experiments with barrel-aged and wild beers. Nathan has had an interesting journey within the company, and like a few of us, he started working behind one of the bars of Tool before moving on to further projects. We have a coffee together and look back at the start of this journey. The thing is, I, I mean, like you specifically, just having drinks with you at the bar and stuff like that and like getting to know you, I actually worked a few shifts with you before you switched at Bruce Bar. Hmm. At the time, of course, me being enthusiastic about beer and still being very much introduced to the world of it. I mean, I, I think I'd enough to be enthusiastic about it, but still with a lot more to know. Um, had no idea kind of how closely related your experience with coffee was before. Mm. How long were you in coffee? This was in Australia, wasn't it, that you were? 10 years or more than 10 years. Uh, 10 years at least from the point where I started roasting coffee. But okay. yeah, which kind of then comes from, stems from growing up. So my mom is a chef, like pastry chef. It basically has done everything. So I literally learned how to walk in, in bakeries and bistros and, mm. and oh, wow. stuff like that. So I always worked through my teenage years in a cafe. So it's kind of being, it's, yeah, I mean, like the whole like, like beverage mm. production is, it, it's been, yeah, a long time now. Very mm. long time. Uh, yeah, 20, 20 years or so. And were you always kind of like nerdy about how it's made? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. I mean, that's and that that's the thing is like I kind of just taught myself on using the, the equipment at, at at the bakery, you know, um, that my mom owned, and uh, so it was just and I just loved playing around with that, and I wouldn't let anyone else touch it because yeah, because they were horrible and they didn't know how to use it. So I just kind of figured that out, and then and then it was just it was just super. That was just it. I think I like all aspects of hospitality, but I think the uh, yeah, like like I love the the the. I love service and that kind of, and, and, and everything else that comes with it. But yeah, I think like actually making a product for, for a person is, is pretty rewarding. And I guess it's, yeah, what I'm doing now is it's just a, like a longer extension of it. Very, very uh, similar practices to, especially, you know, from when you're in the coffee industry from the, you know, from the roasting side through to, um, and you, you also have a hand, you know, whenever, whenever I was roasting in Sydney, uh, I was working at the bar at the same time. So there was that, there, there wasn't a disconnect from the, the product where, you know, the baristas are getting mm. coffee from a roaster and the roasters like talking about changes and made and things like what to expect and all these things. I got to be, you know, you're basically like a part of the whole, the whole way. Um, so that was really, that was really cool. Why, why is coffee so big in Australia? Because it like, it, it it's, one of the like Sydney. I, I've been to Sydney, and the coffee there is like world renowned. Yeah. Well, why? Why in such a like, um, kind of secluded part of the world is coffee so big? I can't really tell you. I mean, I think I think there's there's differences. You know, there's reasons. I think why. I mean, definitely like the takeaway coffee culture yeah. exists is is massive in Australia. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, and it's just a, it's just an everyday thing. Whereas in other in other cities like even in Copenhagen, it's just it's not so much a thing, is it? Like mm. uh, takeaway coffee on the way to work, and then you know, at lunch break and things like that, mm. and then maybe even one on the on the way home. It just doesn't really it doesn't seem to be you know it's far more of a social thing to drink coffee over here, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, in Australia, I don't know. I mean, 
it's it's strange because especially when you get really deep on the the green uh, green bean uh, sourcing and 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 roasting, it's so far away from from everywhere that yeah. produces green uh, yeah. green coffee, especially really great uh, quality stuff. So you know we're so and and America America is I think in, it was in, in front in a way like definitely like the specialty scene, mm. um, and they've got they're a little bit closer to some of these areas where we get where we would source green coffee. Mm. Um, so yeah, Australia's in the middle of nowhere as far as that's concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, I don't know what it is. I, I guess I guess if the public weren't drinking as much coffee and getting into specialty coffee. I don't, you know, there would be less and less roasters. Mm. So it's it's this thing, you know, mm. I don't know. It's just I feel like it's always been like that, that that coffee that coffee culture. Mm. And I think it probably did come, especially that 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 the espresso culture came from the mass like masses of of uh, you know Europeans that were there. You know, this, you know, I think there's there's more Italians and Greeks in in in, in Sydney than. And probably yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Greece, you know mm-hmm. uh, but like so like those in a lot of those cultures you know came in and you know, you know it, it yeah it just I guess they start they, they must have started that that kind of culture there opening up shops and espresso bars and things and then it just went on from there mm-hmm. um, and then wh- wh- at what stage did this turn into a love of beer or, or brewing um, I think probably just a couple years before I left Sydney um i i was really like i was getting into beer um of course i had these some of these you know breakthrough beers mm-hmm. uh in australia that uh i actually started drinking beer really late mm-hmm. so in like early 20s mm-hmm. up until my early 20s i still hated it um full, full stop beer yeah, at all yeah really? beer at all couldn't stand it it was too bitter for me I You're think too I was probably old, we like, only get the finest yeah, uh, yeah. people with the biggest passions. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think uh, I think in I think I was probably like 22, 23. Really, that's really straight. Yeah, yeah. Before I before I felt like what were you drinking like VB and stuff at that stage? Yeah, I guess the only stuff the only Victoria thing Bay. I knew was uh, was yeah. Tui's new and VB and all that. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the New Zealand equivalents as well. Oh, of course, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So those kind of things and, and nothing about it appealed to me. Mm. So, um, and then I just started drinking, drinking a little bit of beer and enjoying it. Mm. And then I, and then I had some breakthrough beers, mm-hmm. um, that aren't crafty at all, like in nowadays, but they're kind of in, in that, in that respect. Yeah. Um, the gateway beers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the gateway beer. I think it was like, a, I think it was a, a stone and wood Pacific ale or something. Mm-hmm. It was very famous. It's actually a lot of people's gateway beer mm-hmm. where, uh, um, uh, it's. I think it's all. It's a hundred percent galaxy hopped, which mm. is an incredible mm. uh, hop. Mm. Um, it, it just like smells like passion fruit. And someone gave bought me this beer at a, at a bar, and and I was like, "This pint, there's like there's passion fruit in this beer. What's going on?" Mm. And he's like, "I don't know." Because they, <laughs> they didn't, they didn't get beer. It. It just a beer for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I was like, "No, this why I don't understand." So then I just started. But looking you, in deeper and I'm like why does this beer taste like it's like passion so, fruit. but did you have like a palate for these kind of because of the the, the your, your upbringing you already had a palate for these kind of flavors of I think so like the time spent in the coffee industry yeah. for sure is yeah you yeah you your palate definitely develops mm. a lot and it, like on a really subtle level you know because there's a lot of subtleties in, in um, 
different uh, coffees with different processes or origins. They're so subtle that it, you do have to train yourself in mm. a way. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, but this is also like, but this is a really good point about not liking beer. Um, because this is the problem, isn't it? It's like, it's, well, with no doubt that definitely your palate and, and your like curiosity for the specific ingredients and the expression that they give um, is relevant. I think it's also that we just take it for granted that we'd, we're usually given so many things that we drink and eat that we're not really, you know, doing it for the flavor. You know, someone's mm. like, oh, I'm not really, you know, the beer is like, it's got this kind of bitter, kind of stale taste. And you're like, yeah, that's beer. Yeah, Enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, drink yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so that's so, what that is for yeah, life. It's, like it's, yeah, it's yeah. a medicine. It's, yeah. Like, it's a pill. Yeah. You just Swallow drink it, just have yeah. it. Yeah. It's like, what, why is there such this, why have we been taught no, I, to disconnect between liking what we're... I honestly, yeah. before I was started working at Breeze Too Old, I didn't... Stop the consumption. I tell you, in Australia, I had there's is it a Nelson beer? Yeah, that yeah, yeah. was a fucking good beer. Yeah. I remember having one of those and like a Grifters, yeah, uh, down in New like small brewery in in Markville in yeah. Sydney as well. I remember tasting those beers and like that now, just drinking being like there is something different in that. That yeah. is better than everything else I've had. Yeah, but not thinking too much into it. Like mm. not thinking wow, a world of variety and flavors and times for these kind of be like, oh, a sour is good in the, in the yeah, summertime yeah. kind of thing, you know? Yeah, you're yeah. just more like, yeah, wow, it's not shit. Yeah, yeah, that's it's exactly it. I'm like, yeah. wasn't that a lovely little surprise? Now never to think of it again. You know, yeah. it's like moving on, like until actually getting, working at a bar and talking to people who work in beer and being like, holy shit, there's a beer for every day of the year. Like there's something new yeah. constantly coming up. Yeah. yeah, and in retrospect now, you realize you realize uh, that that people do need educate like things aren't just obvious mm. to 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 you know the uninitiated mm. Pe- thing, people there needs to be that customer education and so forth i mean i remember shortly after these breakthrough beers and then there was a moment where i'm like i don't understand why some some beers were called like it would be uh, cooper's uh, you know, yeah, Cooper's yeah. beer is like it's an ale, yeah, and then others a lager. Mm. And to me, they just kind of tasted the same, yeah, yeah. in my head. Like, I'd yeah, never because I yeah. never thought about it, they mm-hmm. just seem like the same thing. I'm yeah. like, why, why does some, why does some call it this and some call it that? Mm. And you kind of like mm. look and get it, get us, you know, just a very like a one line answer on, on Google, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, and and yeah, now in retrospect, I realize that it's it's, it's not an obvious thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, with customers at the bar right now, mm. you know. Some bar staff and some bars, mm. you know, overlook that, and they and they, you know, if yeah. someone someone asks some stupid question and they're like, "Oh, birds, yeah, the course of Berliner Weiss is sour," like, you know, it's like, <laughs> but yeah, you know, you gotta. That's where you gotta take that step, take that step back up. Exactly, yeah, like yeah. they think that that the onus is on the customer to know what they want as yeah. they yeah, come yeah, to yeah, the bar, yeah. like, you know, and of course, a lot of uh, craft beer places, like Bruce included, mm-hmm. has. Uh, like what 25 beer taps mm-hmm. 24 24 type beers, and then it's yeah. like and then it would as with a lot of craft beer and imagine imagine even if you were you know already kind of a, a bit of a, a beer lover and, mm-hmm. and curious and you come up with 24 beer taps you're like yeah. yeah i don't know i've never seen these names before yeah, yeah. actually some of these styles are a little new or like mm-hmm. but i, I kind of want to try them and it's like but you're supposed yeah. to you're supposed to isn't it yeah surely it's the bar it's, surely it's, it's the yeah bar. yeah it's like yeah. yeah it's like going into a, a, a sake bar with with 300 mm-hmm. sakes on it, and you've never had sake, you mm-hmm. don't even know what it is. Or even how like, are you going to treat Yeah, sake? absolutely. Yeah. Or like, do, do we, when you walk into a, a winery or a tasting wines, you expect someone to explain what's happening. Like, yeah. these, there's a fa- vast variety yeah. of things. 
it should be the exact same for beers. You yeah. know, like be like, hello, uh, tell me a bit about this. What's yeah. and the bar t- and but like you're right, the bar staff should understand that. Like, you gotta introduce this world to somebody. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about um, f- f- taking a step from? So you, you okay. You, you had those gateway beers. Yeah. You knew you liked it. Yeah. Mm. And then, I think then shortly after that, then I uh, I was still in the coffee industry and then I started to get a little bit more nerdy with the beers. Uh-huh. And then uh, I actually went, uh, one of the local um, pubs in Marrickville, they had a, like a homebrewers uh, day kind of oh, thing okay, yeah, where, yeah. where all the like local homebrewers, um, that you could go and taste their beers and things. Anyway, there was a homebrew, there was a, a stand at a homebrew, new homebrew shop at anyway and he had they had this kit and I was like and he was I was talking to him about it, I was like can you really you know I just asked him straight up like be honest can I really make a beer as good as one at the pub or whatever mm-hmm. at home and he said yeah you really can I was like okay and I like we kind of got on quite well so I said you know jokingly like I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna hold you to this mm-hmm. like, like you know and so I, I put you know I bought one of these kits and just and made a beer and it wasn't as good as <laughs> but but I then realized again with this like knowledge of like processing and all these things and and then going on and researching you, I already I knew that you definitely could it's not and 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 even to this day I tell other homebrewers you can make a beer just as good as that double IPA at at down at Bruce mm-hmm. at home mm-hmm. with by following some processes and a lot of practice as well mm-hmm. and then and, and a certain amount of equipment and things mm-hmm. and some golden rules and you can um, so then yeah so then I started homebrewing for a few years um, uh, really got into that and I was kind of at that peak of learning of like oh my god I'm figuring this out when I then decided to move to, to Copenhagen mm-hmm. um, and then of course you can't homebrew in Copenhagen because there's no you know you do Back home, you know, in Sydney, you have a garage yeah, or yeah. this or that. You can do it outdoors, you know, whatever. We all live in small apartments here, so that's something. But um, <laughs> so you had to go yeah, straight to an actual yeah. brewery. And then, and then <laughs> do you know what? Yeah, but then within that, and then within that, I was working at a, uh, uh, doing part time, like maybe one day a week, um, or two day, two day, two nights a week at a place called Bitterfew in Sydney. Mm-hmm. It is easily the, I mean, easily the best uh, beer bar in in Sydney or whole of Australia, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and it's yeah it's kind of somewhat underground but it's just it's just a perfect perfect bar and it kind of started that I think it started that whole craft beer scene in, in Sydney mm. as far as bars concerned yeah, yeah. Um, so I did a little bit of work there never worked in a bar before it was kind of scary it also conflicted with my 5am uh, mm. starts for in the, in the coffee industry yeah. so I but I just dealt with it um, and then yeah and then when I got here I just wanted to I just thought I'm just going to try go all just trust beer Hmm. Just uh, just work in the bars and leave the coffee industry behind. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the coffee industry is not that big here. Mm-hmm. The only people I really wanted to work with was Coffee Collective, and they had no positions at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I just ran all all in beer. And did you, and then, because I met you on the on the bar as well? Did you always have a sort of intention of kind of eventually ending up in the brewery? Oh, I mean for sure. So when yeah, I, I think I worked for a month at Fermentorn. Um, and then during that, um, one, uh, one of the girls there, Amelia, uh, she was pretty close with the tool guys and she knew they were building a brew pub. Mm. So I just like, tried, yeah, she, she sent a very nice email for, on my behalf. Mm. Um, 
and yeah, like for me, knowing exactly exactly that. I mean, a, a new brewery like go in at the bar, push hard. Um, mm-hmm. They're gonna they're, they're they're gonna need more help at some point mm-hmm. in the brewery, whether it's a year from now, two years from now, whatever it is, or someone leaves or whatever. Um, and just do whatever you can to try and be Johnny on the spot. So yeah, it was definitely yeah. Also, it was a really great bar. Even if even even it just stayed this bar to work at, it was, that was great. So, yeah. But that was the intention for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's how, I mean that's how I kind of got into all those all the kind of things. Um, is it's just being there and learning on the job. You know, it's like a coffee roasting thing. You know, it's just you know just got on went into a busy busy coffee bar, who roasted coffee as well, push hard, show a lot of interest, and and I just became the 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 backup roaster and then full-time roaster. So it's mm-hmm. that, yeah, I mean, I, and I really like those experiences. Yeah. You get mm-hmm. to go in from bottom up um, and and the people around you are very, uh, very eager to teach because you're not someone coming in with some An already assumed certificate knowledge. or something yeah. that says yeah, you yeah, can yeah. do this. Because then I think there's almost a bit of resentment from people mm-hmm. coming in. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, like oh well, don't you know everything? Mm. You know, you you should you should know everything. You're, so you're the man with the paper. It's, it's yeah, like yeah. it's like just you know they know you have no idea about this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 that's that's quite nice about Tool in general. Like we're sitting here in Tool City now, and uh, I spend ninety percent of my time in Bruce in the bar in, in Copenhagen. But I'm able to walk in here, shake hands with all the guys working down in the brewery, the, the owners and stuff like that. And have a really nice conversation of what's happening. Right? We were talking to Brewer Tim earlier on, and he was explaining that there's a beer on at the moment. And it's this beautiful, like, yes, there's obviously different jobs and different levels happening, but the information and the kind of camaraderie of what's happening is everybody's in on this. You know what I mean? It's like bartender to owner. It, we're all working towards the one thing, you know? It's like, it's, it's sure. yeah, it's a really nice family atmosphere, you know? Mm. Um, but then, so you, okay, so you, you started brewing in the brew pub in Bruce. Um, but you're quite unique in what's happening now because you're doing the barrel aging. Yeah, yeah. What is your like kind of niche now? What do you what do you work in specifically? Um, so yeah, so what I'm doing now is, uh, I guess, a little bit of a, a, a side project from from tour in a way. Um, I think it's something that they've they've really wanted to do for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, previously brewing at, at the proof and, and so forth and they were, they're, they're very limited to what they could do um, so yeah so uh, it's kind of split into halves mm-hmm. one half is going to be what, what we refer to as like the clean clean barrel aged beers mm-hmm. so uh, all the uh, imperials like stouts and porters and barley wines and all sorts of and, and probably many many more um, kind of styles that are brewed that will be brewed uh, um in the main brew house, um, we then transfer it over to, to the building where I'm at, mm. um, which actually goes through an underground tunnel. Ah, yeah. Because oh, we were talking about that. Yeah, we were talking about the mystery yeah. of the yeah. And I, yeah, and I just went through the tunnel the other uh, the other week. Really? Actually. It's it's actually incredible. It's a beautiful space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really the is. Tunnel. I thought of yeah, I thought it'd be like a crawl space. Yeah. It's, it's it's actually really nice. This is it's getting clean. real crystal maze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is. We well, yeah, we gotta go down there. Yeah, like, that uh, sounds it's, fun. it's it's really, really cool. But so yeah, so they're gonna pump beer that is uh those kind of style of, of beers yeah. over there. Um and to be aged in spirit barrels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, you know, use bourbon barrels, whiskey barrels, uh port wine barrels, uh, cognac. Basically, yeah, like uh, there's a lot of options there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so that we've got a lot of space in that building. We're all set up um, to, to, to fill quite a lot of barrels. Um, and they'll sit there for varying amounts of time. Mm. Um, uh, you know, six months to two years, depending, um, depending on what barrel goes in and what, and what you want. Um, and then we will rack out of those barrels into, um, into the bright tanks there and send it back to the brewery for packaging. Mm. And then the other half of that project is, is uh, like the wild, the wild beer side. Um, so typically, yeah, most of the beers will be um, uh, fermented with a mixed culture. Mm-hmm. So um, some uh, Saccharomyces strains, um, uh, some like bacteria and Britannomyces and things like that. Um, um, and those are gonna those are gonna develop again in in um, in oak barrels or the the bigger fooders, um, which is just a giant oak barrel really, mm-hmm. um, for pro- yeah extended amounts of time. Again, anywhere between six months and, and a couple of years, and typically those will be blended down. So that's I mean both those areas are really really exciting to be able to experiment with so but that that's not like a, a spontaneous fermented that's there's we will I, we will do some okay. for now we won't so yeah so the mix the mixed firm what we call mixed fermentation yeah. is where you're you're physically adding a, a, a culture of, of yeast and bacteria and things yeah into the fermentation intentionally um uh i think by next uh or yeah the next winter um we should have a cool ship set up so we can actually do some spontaneously fermented beers. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, we're kind of getting a bit of a hold on everything. Um, and again, this, uh, you know, this, the wort is actually produced on the big brew house and gets sent underground again to be fermented uh, straight over from the kettle mm-hmm. to be fermented on, on uh, my side. Um, but yeah, the, the, the amount of experimentation you can do on that side is just, it's, it's, beyond belief I mm. mean there's there's so many ways you can do things and but there's also this element of not being able to control anything yeah I mean how something ferments how it ages is, is kind of a little bit uncontrollable you know you kind of just see where it goes and, and try and make some really interesting beers from it you know when I in my roasting days and the coffee days you mm. know is there's yeah to someone outside of the industry it seems like it's just a pretty each simple A plus B equals C mm. you know mm. you know green bean roast it Make a coffee with Add it. Water. There's a <laughs> billion, yeah, yeah. There's a billion variables within mm-hmm. that, every single step along the way, um, and there's a lot of variables on on um, doing what I'm doing as well. Um, so you, uh, okay, so you've gone from hustling, bustling Sydney coffee scene mm-hmm. to hustling, bustling craft beer scene in Copenhagen to barrel aging in Svinaga, right? Yes. How do how do you feel with regards to your position with regards to like being in the middle of everything with loads of people to quite a quiet little station in a building with hundreds of wooden barrels? I think no, this is it because we walked past <laughs> some barrels and we saw like the, one of them was named, and I think that he's pretty much like a Tom Hanks. These are your volume, <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> uh, I, 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 he's I twisted he's got his brains yeah. mushed now I love the quiet yeah I mean it's it's yeah it's funny even it, especially in a brewing environment um, funny thing is even well when, when we're brewing at Bruce mm. of course we had some some uh, brewery speakers mm-hmm. and 
people would play very loud music on that. And for me, I, I, don't, I can't concentrate. I'm not kind of in my happy place when mm. it's like a ton of noise around me. Mm. Um, and yeah, that's very different over there now. Mm-hmm. Now it's just me and me in the wood. So yeah, it's, it's, a, very, it's a very different place. I mean, yeah. even, you know, you compare it to over here in the main brew house, mm-hmm. um, you know, so many pumps and things mm-hmm. and so much noise. Yeah, it's not till you go over over to the other room, and and it's just, and it's just quiet. I like it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, considering that you this this part of the project has been set up as Tool City has been building, mm. that I mean, then so it's not just kind of like as you say all of the experimentation and the the ups and downs of doing wildly but it's essentially like the ups and downs of setting it up in the first place right yeah yeah for sure and we've you know we've it's we've kind of slowly been piecing parts of it together while we're waiting for the the main brew house to be built which is off and running uh, already um yeah just piecing things together and even even then i think we're going to be adding components changing components depending on how we want to we want to work with it you know it's going to be a space that we because we've got lots of the room. Mm. We're just going to grow into it over and over. Like, you know, just, just keep extending, uh, not so much volume, but maybe just the way the way we, we work with things. Maybe even the, the, the style of beers that we, we, we find we're just really loving. Maybe we go in a certain direction. That means we, 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 we process that, that word and that beer in a different way. Um, and yeah, and that's the beauty of having the extra space. It's, 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 yeah, doing that. So yeah, it's a pretty simple setup. It's a very, uh, very rustic setup mm. um, <laughs> that I got going on there. Especially, I mean, absolute contrast to the Browcon system um, and packaging area um, in the main uh, main brewery. It's 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 the exact opposite. Yeah, it's yeah. it's repurposed uh, repurposed um, dairy tanks for fermentation and 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 things like that. And it's. It's an unrenovated room from the old uh, ketchup factory, you know. Mm. It's just get everything out and 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 move some stuff in. So, uh, but I like that, you know. And and it's um, yeah. And that's the kind of style of things, you know. I love solving problems and things. And like, okay, how can we do this? Mm. Okay, we've got these things. We've got these things. Um, and just finding a really kind of smart way to do it. I love it. Uh, I think I, I really like the same aspect, but it's it's more because it's sort of. You know, I guess it's like moving into a house that's like a, a fixer-upper in a way. Like you, you yeah. get to make it your own. You get to decide. You put you some know. personality into it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, thank you very much for taking your time. I believe you have a meeting right now, do you? Yes. Right. So we better leave you go. Yes, thank you. Back to your barrels. <laughs> Is the meeting just with the barrels? You need to talk to the barrels again. <laughs> <laughs> they, they need you. Thank you very much again to Nate for taking the time to talk to us. I really like the barrel rooms. It had a really different vibe to the rest of the city, I think. Yeah, peaceful is the word I'd use. Mm. Do you try many barrel-aged beers? I try, yeah. I definitely, when I'm looking at a board in a bar, if I see BA barrel-aged, I get curious. Mm. BA curious. (laughs) You could say, yes, I'm BA curious, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I knew it. I I, I got that vibe from you. Yeah. 
Now we've got some interesting things coming out of that place, uh, so we should definitely keep an eye on it. And there's some other things coming out of the tool that we're going to be talking about quite soon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hint, hint. Giant buckets of potatoes. Yeah, I noticed those too. Yeah, <laughs> we should talk about them. We need to talk about potatoes. Yeah, <laughs> just because I'm here and I'm Irish, I suppose. <laughs> uh, that is it for this first episode of Too Old City. Thank you very much for listening. Um, and if you have anything that you'd like to hear, please get in touch and we'll do our best to get the story for you. Talk to you next time. Cheers. Bye.